Last week, we talked about focusing on eternal things. This week, we're going to talk about the things we need to put to death within us so that the kingdom of God will be glorified, so that uh, we, we're, we're beginning to put on this new self. Uh, we're looking at Colossians chapter 3, where Paul is talking to the church. I just came home from Pakistan, where I saw the church in an entirely different way. I've seen the church and its expression so many ways in so many different countries, and yet Pakistan taught me some brand new stuff. And so I'm excited for you to see these things. Uh, I've made a series of little vlogs from the trip that you can go and watch on this channel. Um, but we've got a couple of new stories coming from this trip that are going to take some time to process, and we're going to build them a little longer. And I'm really excited for you to see them. Our understanding of what it means to be the church is shifting all the time. And this, guys, this is... This is, a, this is a powerful moment for me and my life as I see these things put into action in a brand new context. So go watch all the stuff we've released from uh, Pakistan. I'll put some links below or above, wherever, wherever. Just find the links and click on them. I want to talk today, though, because uh, in Colossians chapter 3, Paul says to put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. He's saying, look at this list of things. He's not saying be perfect in all these ways. What he's saying is put these things off. Begin to let the change in your life that is the gospel transforming you make impact in these areas. Put off these natures that are self-focused. They're self-gratifying. They're self-pleasing. They are our self-nature. And so Paul says, put those off. He's saying these need to die. Church, if we're going to be the church we desire to be, these natures do need to die within us. The way we have our relationships with other people, we have to be continually, constantly putting these things to death. He says these are idolatry. Uh, that, that's such a powerful picture and phrasing here, especially to the early church, but to us now, to know that these natures in us can become the idols, we have to be so intentional, guys. He says on, in verse 6, uh, this is again Colossians 3, chapter verse 6, chapter 3, verse 6, he says, On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Being renewed in knowledge. I want to just think through that with you for a second because the knowledge that we're being renewed with should primarily be the word of God. This is the first spot we look to be renewed. If you are struggling with something, if you're caught in bondage to something, if you're just looking for a future hope, <laughs> then the knowledge given to us by the word of God, this tool right here is the knowledge you seek to, to begin putting off those old natures. It's not about how much harder you work. It's not about how much better you are than yesterday. It's about understanding and having knowledge of the creator of the universe and how the gospel is transforming us that knowledge, that renewal that's happening into the image of the creator, it happens through the word of God. He says in verse 11, here there's not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Last week, again, we talked about what it means to put our focus on eternal things. That's the first four verses of this chapter. When we focus on eternal things, the temporal things are, are they just become so much more meaningless to us? 
I'm not saying the people around us or the tasks we do need to be meaningless, but they, they are meaningless in light of eternity, in light of a meaningful eternity with God. And so putting off all of these natures, putting off these things that we need to put aside, dying to our flesh, this it becomes the result of the gospel working in us. And it changes, man, it just changes the way we view everything and everybody. I think if I learned anything in Pakistan this week, it is just the power of humility, the enormous power of humility that when believers come and they go, I, I am nothing, but Christ is everything, and this has changed my life, and so I'm going to curb my natures. I'm going to give everything I have away. Guys, that's the true picture of the church. I'm going to finish this here because he says in verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. This one, we need to be doing this every single day. <laughs> bearing with one another, that's maybe the hardest thing to do in Christendom <laughs> as, we, as we undertake different tasks, as we approach it from different methods, as we bear with one another in love. That's going to be, the, again, the exemplification to the world that the gospel has changed us. If one of you has a complaint against one another, forgive each other. That's the word of God talking to us directly. Uh, maybe that's as close as your family or your spouse or your children, or maybe that's a, a work relationship or your neighbor or anybody else that you have a contact with that you maybe there's something between you. If you have a complaint against one another, forgive each other. <laughs> as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. This is an imperative for those of us who believe. This is not an idea. This is not a sacrificial, like, just thing you must do to show that you're serious. This is, this is an imperative from the word of God to you and I. Forgive one another. Above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you were indeed called in one body. That's the call. That's the commission. That's the invitation is be unified. This happens when we put off our self-natures and put on these Christ-like natures. That begins to happen naturally. We don't have to fight for it tooth and nail. We're not making grand effort hoping to be better Christians. No. When we focus on eternity and we put off these evil natures and we put on these, these Christ-like natures, this is, the, this is the natural overflow of the gospel in our lives. He says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God our Father through him. Transformed lives speak with authority of the, how Jesus changes us. Our transformation is the authoritative declaration to the world that the gospel is real. I think this scripture has become such a critical part of my life over the years as I was, again, touring in the band for years and then working with different missionaries and working with different people. This is the, this is the chapter that when I need to like transform the way I think, when I need to reevaluate my attitude or any situation, I go to this scripture and I go, man, am I focusing on eternity in this moment? Is, is my effort kingdom focused effort or is my effort pleasing myself? Is my effort pleasing what I hope to get out of the situation? How do we as the church 
begin analyzing everything we do through that lens, through the lens of man. In light of eternity, is this conversation meaningful? In light of eternity, is this going to be deterring or pushing forward the church? Well, then the next step becomes taking off those natures, putting on the new ones, (laughs) being transformed by the gospel. That's going to change the way we view people, the way we view mission, the way we view the believers in our lives, the way we view the unbelievers in our lives. All of these things will be impacted through that lens. And so, guys, that's the invitation is let's be people doing this scripture. I sat down a while ago with Pierce and Diana Westfall, who are uh, the co-directors of a Jesus mission with me. And we had about an hour-long conversation about three critical things we've learned doing home churches. I've been a part of large churches. I've been a part of small churches. I've been a part of a home church now for quite some years. All of the things that we've kind of learned, we, we had, a, I mean, you can't talk about everything we learned, but we had a really in-depth discussion about that. On a Jesus Missions YouTube, you can find that conversation. I'll put the link below. I would encourage you guys to go and watch that because it doesn't just apply to home church. It is gospel living that we're talking about. It is the transformation of our nature uh, and the way we live in community with one another. That conversation is an hour long and it'll challenge you deeply, I promise, no matter whether you're involved in home church or not. So go and watch that. Um, I'll be back next week with another episode of On Mission. I'm Andy Ziesmer from A Jesus Mission and I'll see you on Friday.